0: This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories, each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Greg. Today, we're talking everything is food. And I'm going to jump right in and share the goodness of this simple but powerful idea, one that I teach all my clients and I use myself on a daily basis. When I remember, you know, sometimes we forget about this mindfulness stuff. You may have come across this idea before if you're a fan of the 1980 movie popeye you'll know there's a song in the movie called everything is food the movie was forgettable and the song too for me but it does have fans and if you're one of them then maybe you've gotten this concept on some level my version is more metaphor meets actual life it's like philosophy made practical and while this Podcast episode won't contain much science. I do want to lay the foundation for the big picture, starting here with a little science. Science tells us that the stomach and the heart both have brains. Really, this is cool. It also indicates that these two vital organs can send a message to other parts of the body, independent of the brain in our heads—the one on top, the one we think of as the center of our intelligence. Maybe not so much. My study of nutrition taught me that food causes messenger hormones to be released, like leptin to tell us when we're full, serotonin to make us feel good. But food isn't the only trigger for hormones and neurotransmitters. Whether a substance enters our physical body or our energy body, by the mouth, the mind, or the heart, all the information we ingest carries the potential to affect our well being. And once I got this, I had that epiphany. Everything is food. Everything has the potential to affect our health, mind, and body. How? Because everything is energy, us included. I'm sure you've heard that before. Check out Einstein. So I want you to listen. I'm going to read some sentences that we all use in everyday life, concepts, phrases. And I want you to listen for the common metaphors that have food or eating as the root. Right now, you are consuming this podcast by listening just like you do whenever you get your news on cable or network television. We sign up for news feeds. We throw a hurt at somebody and we say, eat your heart out. And they do. Bad news is hard to swallow. A person we find attractive may conjure the words yummy or delicious. So many food terms are used to convey emotions and ways of interpreting things. These words and metaphors represent our almost unconscious awareness that something is happening internally, brought about by something completely external to us. Though internal cues are not without their powers. Think about this for a moment. When you take something in, whether you read it, eat it, as in food, or experience it in your energy field so that you feel the experience of it, it causes a reaction no different from and often more powerful than some comestible foods. I'm talking about our thoughts and our self-talk. Let's just say you're enjoying the company of your sweetie pie. Or maybe you're silently praying for the gods to take you away from this speed date fruitcake. An exhausting relationship may make you sick to your stomach with the same ferocity as an old piece of chicken. But you may keep eating because on some level, That relationship feeds a need in you, even as you starve for a bit of love. Your body is constantly receiving and processing chemical messages based on what you, air quotes here, eat. Let's look at all the levels of food we've discovered. There is comestible food, ham, an apple, a cheese doodle, bread, all pretty clear as you consider the effect each might have on your particular system. Food is tangible, and it's also information. The information a cheese doodle sends to your blood sugar, your gut biome, and your satiety hormones, as in you won't get satisfied, (laughs) is way different than one good piece of whole grain or apple will. Emotional food, like a hug, or a judgment, or a chick flick with a mate, are also pretty easy to understand in concept. If you hug or request a hug, it's generally in a positive moment and will produce a positive result energetically, emotionally, or maybe you need comfort. I need a hug. That's positive too when you get it. With a judgment, whether you're giving or receiving, it might not be obvious why it counts as food, but here's how they are similar. Both can become a habit judging others, judging ourselves, and as such are feeding a need in us for the chemical or emotional payoff we get from them. Everyday experiences like a comedy show or footage of a world crisis each produce an inner physical reaction, just like food. One show, like comedy, feeds you endorphins and a release. The other, subtly or otherwise, produces feelings of fear or maybe repulsion for most, which result in an increase of stress hormones. Not only can this lead to feelings of despondency, sadness, helpless, and hopelessness, but inflammation from this extra stress hormones. And we know now that inflammation is a mighty beast when it comes to our health and especially our health as we age. Your choice, of course, your call, what you want to watch, what you want to feed yourself. But watch or listen with an awareness that these, here we go with air quotes again, foods produce hormone signals that affect your well-being. Be aware that this is happening. So let's talk about a toxic person. How does a toxic person or a person who has a need for drama cause similar responses as food? Once again, it's chemical the stomach brain sends signals when it isn't happy with a situation acid reflux aches nausea the runs and at first the signal may be loud and clear the kind of loud and clear when you've eaten too much cookie dough Roro. so too the heart's brain will send signals in palpitations tightness in the chest feelings of sadness our thinking brain our intuition will tap us on the shoulder with an awareness a nagging feeling that something must change each of these things in different people will be a positive result. It's a result that, that feeds them hormonally, it, maybe it pumps up the dopamine, even if it sounds negative to us. Sometimes people want this. But my point isn't that, it's this. Often we ignore the first round of the signals our body is sending us. Oh, this is just what happens at my age. Oh, it was a stressful day at work. Oh, my husband or my partner got on my nerves. Oh, you know what? That headache was because I was outside and they were doing contracting work and I breathed in some dust. We ignore it. We make excuses for it. As the years go by though, the body, heart or mind will still send signals, but we become less receptive to the message. We just assume it's what we're up to right now, what our body's doing right now. Or the body, mind, heart, May in time, just weaken the signal. Well, I'm not getting any response, so not wasting all that energy. It doesn't lessen the impact, though. And air quotes again, suddenly, one day, after many, many days, we wake up with an ulcer or diabetes or a broken heart. Literally. Google it. It's a real thing, broken heart syndrome. We have to learn to listen to the signals that we get from what we're feeding our bodies, hearts, and minds. Once you have become aware of something that relates to you and your well-being, you're never innocent of that idea again. Let me say that more simply. Once you know a thing, you cannot unknow it. Now you know everything is food, and it's an easy awareness tool. So you know it, now you have to use it but you can't unknow it. Let's go back to the self-talk I mentioned earlier. I didn't really delve into that. You wouldn't knowingly eat a rotten piece of meat, but you will swallow whole the rotten lies you tell yourself about your body, how you don't have what it takes to reach your goals or that you're too old, or you could never leave a significantly sickening spouse or situation. That was true then. It's not true now. Now you have some power. I'm not saying that these things are easy to take on. Self-talk is endemic. Our brain is used to having negative thoughts go around and around and around in our heads. But when we bring a mindful approach to changing that so that we have a better result, feeding ourselves differently, internally and externally, things get better. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take some time when you have some time and assess all the people in your life even though you just interacted on Zoom, whatever you're doing these days. I want you to look at the messages you're receiving that you're eating, that you're taking and you're consuming every day. The media and the food choices, the real comestible food, those ham and cheese doodles and apples. I don't know why I said ham, cheese doodles and apples. How about eggs, whole grain bread and kale? Don't kill me, people who don't like kale, okay? It's a thing for some people. So, I want you to look at all these choices, anything that crosses your path, and look for the value that it brings. Does this add to my life, health, or joy, you'll ponder. If the answer isn't an out loud, big, fat yes, then it's time to reevaluate why it's a choice at all. And everything's a choice, people. Indeed. You have heard you are what you eat. This takes that idea to a whole new level. So let's talk about something good. Everything is food and life can be delicious. By delicious, I mean full of goodness, joy, love, connection, and some positive stress. We're going to talk about hormesis in an upcoming episode. That's positive stress. Every delicious life has challenges. It's not going to be without challenge. And we're going to have not so good stress. But if we practice everything is food and feed our hearts and minds as well as our bodies, what is nourishing, then we build in resilience for the hard times, for the times when we're not completely physically well or emotionally well. Like now, the past 10, 11, 12 months, I don't even know that, maybe 10 months. This unusual and deeply distressing time of COVID chaos and constraint has not left much room for the delicious things we used to be, do, and have. And there has been tremendous loss, grief, and frustration. And even as we struggle as a nation and struggle as individuals during this time, the naturally resilient humans that we are have created new pleasures, new ways of expressing ourselves, ways of getting by, getting through it all, new ways to feed ourselves, both real and metaphorical. I'm going to leave you with that reminder, a reminder of how to put this into practice in your life. Get mindful of all the people you interact with, the messages and media you consume and the food choices you make for every meal and snack and ask, does this add to my health, my life, my joy? And if the answer isn't a yes, then it's time to reevaluate why it's a choice at all and how you can not have that as a choice, what you can put in place of that choice that is a better one, or how you can ditch it. Detox it. Marie Kondo it. Get it out of your life. Now, I promise I won't read a whole lot of poetry on this podcast. I do occasionally like a verse or two, and I love quoting great writers and experts. But I have to share this with you. It's short. It's from Mary Oliver, and uh, it was on my Twitter feed the other night. Yes, Twitter f- is one of my mental junk foods, and I will admit to so that, I use it in small doses, and sometimes it's an antidote to all the crazy because I follow some really fun people. And somebody quoted this poem and it seemed apropos when we're speaking about everything is food. Even Mary seasons her work with food metaphors. Here it is. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate, give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise, and not very often kind, and much can never be redeemed. Still, life has some possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back, that sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything, but you very likely notice it in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty joy is not made to be a crumb. Thank you, Mary Oliver. All of you, be well till next time.